Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our Diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is an old friend, Josh Blumenthal. Josh is the Associate Director of Athletics and the boys' varsity head lacrosse coach at the St. Andrews Episcopal School in Austin, Texas. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Jake, good to see you, and I appreciate you having me on what has now become a world-famous podcast. I'm honored to be a a guest. Uh, We've had uh, one international AD. I don't know if that qualifies us as world-famous, but we are certainly having a lot of fun. And uh, full disclosure for our listeners, you know, Josh and I met... um, you know, I guess it would be about uh, 12 years ago uh, as I was coming on board at a school, he was moving on to another opportunity. And so it's great to catch up uh, after these years. So Josh, let's go and jump right into it. Um, we always like to let our guests, excuse me, our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Uh, where'd you go to school and college? And, and how did the love of sports um, get you into this career as an athletic administrator? I grew up in Long Island, uh, New York, and uh, went to a small private school and picked up the sport of lacrosse uh, in seventh grade. And in Long Island, lacrosse is pretty big, so um, you know it wasn't hard to get involved in it. Uh, from there, I went up to the University of Rhode Island. I uh, wound up playing club ball. And the reason I did that um, was I don't know how I did this, Jake. I still don't know, and I hope that no one ever looks at my transcript. But I did 24 credits of internships when I was an undergrad, and they were all with sports of some sort. Some were at a building of an arena, some were uh, minor league hockey teams. Um, so I just kind of got into it, um, and I still played lacrosse. And then I met a gentleman named Scott Shemensky, who unfortunately passed away many years ago, uh, who was running a lacrosse league and was coaching at a small school called Bishop Hendrickson High School in Rhode Island, which is a pretty big powerhouse uh, for their size. And he said, hey, would you want to come coach with me? And I said, yeah, sure. So I was, I was double dipping. I was playing college lax and I was coaching and it was fun. And then by the time uh, I got to be a senior in college, I wound up taking over a, uh, a public school team that had just started. That was 03. So lacrosse was not what it was in the Northeast as it is now. Um, and I just stayed with it. Uh, but I think the love of sports originated for me was when I was in high school, I, we would have Wednesdays off. I never, I'll never forget. So we had Wednesday morning practice and we'd have Wednesday afternoon off so people could do driver's ed and chorus and what have you. And I didn't have any of that stuff. I wasn't very multidimensional, I guess. 
and so I would stay around and I would coach the middle school and I want to go on games with them. And, and I, you know, I, I learned to love the sport of coaching. And then subsequently when I was in college doing all the administrative stuff, and I've always said that if life, if I could be in charge of life, which would be a scary thing for a lot of people, but if I could be in charge of life, every single person that wants to play a sport should have to coach first. And I wish we could do it opposite because you'd learn a lot. So I've taken that and I've just ran with it and um, uh, wound up coaching college for a number of years up in the Northeast. And then, as you said, this is my fifth year, moved down to Austin, Texas and uh, with my family and I've been in St. Andrews ever since. Well, uh, I want you, want you to fill in uh, a little of, of those gaps, you know, talk about that transition from your time in the Northeast, which was, you know, very much, you know, a kind of a lacrosse, uh, you know, hot spot, uh, and then coming down to Florida. And, and I think, you know, our part of Florida, you know, was one of the early adopters, but talk about that, you know, helping to, uh, to build what was then, you know, a fairly new sport. Yeah, so I was... Uh... After college, um, had wanted to move to Miami. It always been a dream to move to Miami because 24 years old, there's worst places to live in in the world. And uh, there was a gentleman who you know, Scott Tufo, who was the uh, a few steps before you, but was your predecessor nonetheless as athletic director. And he had put an ad in Lacrosse Magazine. There was no internet back then. And I called him. We couldn't make it work. And so I wound up getting a job at the National Hockey League. And it was great. I did PR for them. And then they had their first lockout. And it was kind of like, all right, you know, last one in, first one out. And so I reached back out to Scott. And he, ironically enough, had put the ad out again in Lacrosse Magazine. And I called him up. And I'll never forget this chick. I, I went down with a trip to my dad. My dad went to University of Miami. So we went down to Miami to hang out and went to visit Scott. And I walked into Scott's office. And I know nothing about independent schools at the time, right? We walk in. And Scott says, you know, I really love to hire you. This is great. And he, and he said to me, he says, the salary is $3,000 for three months. And I said, okay. He goes, but because you're moving from New York and you're picking up, I'm going to give you extra. So I'm thinking, all right, we're going to make bank you because I'm going to give you 3,100. I said, okay, great. So, um, you know, I think my first libations were paid for out of that, out of that extra hundred. Um, but I came down and uh, started at Palmer just as a lacrosse coach. And I honestly thought I'd be a 24, 25 year old kid and South Beach for three months, and then I'd get a barback job or something, and wound up getting hired on to be a journalism teacher, and then summer camp director, and you know how independent school was—you wear a lot of hats. Um, but lacrosse was great. We were able to take a team that was fledgling at best and uh, build it up. We added uh, right before you got there, we added the the girls' side of it as well, and they went on to have great success. Uh, my last year in uh, at Palmer Trinity in Miami was the first year that the FHSAA adopted the sport and so it was a nice way to kind of be an ambassador and and i bring that up often in texas too because we're trying to do the same thing it's called the uil here uh we're trying to do the same thing so it was it was great to be an ambassador and you don't know this story jake but i'm going to share this with you i'm very uh, nostalgic uh, more than probably i let on when i left palmer trinity that we had our our um our last uh, get together as a faculty uh and i remember saying i'm going to get out of here a little early and just you know slip out the back door and I'll never forget, I was driving out of the driveway. It was on 176 at the time. And you and your wife, Jan, were driving in. And I said, this is a good, this is a good bridge here. So uh, I never told you that story, but I, I thought it was very apropos that I was leaving and you were coming. So uh, that's kind of the, the gist of it. And then, like I said, went up and coached college. Wanted to get my master's degree at Adelphi University. But not, I want to get it at Adelphi. I want to get my master's degree. I want to be at Adelphi and wound up coaching college for a number of years. Okay. Well, uh, you certainly left the... Um the program in, in, uh, in a very good, very good shape. Uh, it was fun to watch that continue to grow over those years uh, while I was the AD. Um, 
So now, uh, you know, you're up in the Northeast again, you're coaching college. Uh, and uh, how'd you end up back in uh, uh, the school level, high school level in Texas? Well, there's two stories I could tell you. Um, the, the one story is the fact that we had, we at the time had had our newborn son and was looking to, I was on the road recruiting all the time. And uh, it just, you know, it's the life of a college coach, as you know, from doing it, you're just on the road and it's probably only gotten worse. Um, you just at every tournament. And so I, we wanted, my wife and I wanted to settle down somewhere where I could still stay involved in lacrosse and athletics, uh, but also not have to have the uh, Saturday, Sunday grind of the summer tour. Um, so that's, that's the main reason. The subsequent reason, which is still important to me, is that it also didn't hurt that, that my last winter in Boston was 2015, uh, my last winter coaching, and it was the snowiest winter in the history of Boston at 140 inches, and the last snow melted in July in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I said, I got to get the heck away from this weather. So uh, it was the weather, and it was a job, and uh, depending on the day, one is more important than the other these days. Well, I know that uh, you've done some great things there at uh, St. Andrew's Episcopal. Before we get into that, um, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring that next generation. So I'm curious, who were some of the important mentors for you, uh, either growing up or that you've worked with? I know you mentioned a couple, but uh, the expression I like to use is, whose voice do you still hear in your head uh, when you go out and talk to your coaches or your kids? Um, I would say, you know, I, I had read up on this question earlier and, and it's such a great question because, um, it makes me be a little, you know, not, not to aforementioned nostalgia, but really makes me sit back and think, and I think that there are four people that really rise to the top of me. Scott Shemansky, who I previously mentioned was the first person ever introduced me to coaching. Um, and unfortunately he passed, but I still hear his voice in my head often. Ironically enough, uh, his initials were SAS and I work at SAS. So. Uh, you can see their coincidence or meant to be, who knows, right? Uh, but he's number one. Number two is my high school coach. He's a guy named Gordon Curdy, uh, who ironically enough came down to Palmer a couple years and did a clinic for us. And as the head coach at Adelphi now, we talk probably once a week, um, run things by each other. He was the subject of my college essay uh, for college um, and was the best man at my wedding. So uh, he's someone that I, I think of often. Um, and then more close to home, two people that I work with now, Sean Murphy, who was previously our head of school, not, not at the same time, but our head of school at Palmer is the head of school here. And, and he has been a great mentor for me. And then my athletic director, Jeff McCrary, uh, has found a way to be somewhere between a boss and a friend. And, and uh, we don't ever blur the lines, but it is so great to get his feedback and his advice and, uh, and his candor, to be real honest with you. So I would say those four um, and, and I think to be politically correct and, and just be a, a good Jewish son, my parents as well uh, would come into that mix. But from a sports standpoint, uh, those four individuals. Oh yeah, you, know, you gotta mention your parents, but uh, uh, I just find it so interesting to hear about uh, the individuals that impacted uh, you know, everyone's life along the way. It just underlines that you know, we didn't get here on our own. You know, we, we had help. Um, you've been at St. Andrews now for a few years. Uh, and again, I've been able to, keep up a little bit with some of the things you're doing um, in promoting your school, promoting your teams, et cetera. And, and it's just fantastic to see some of the creativity. Uh, share with our listeners, you know, what are some of the things that, that you do at St. Andrews that you're particularly proud of that you would say, hey, we do this better than, not that you're bragging, but uh, this is me saying, you know, you do this better than anybody else in Texas. Um. 
I would say there's two things that come to mind. Number one is our social media. Uh, there's a organization down here called the Lone Star Christian Sports Network. Uh, it's not really religious. I don't really know why it's called that. I, it probably is a historic, but it's not, it's not, you don't necessarily have to be a religious school to be highlighted. Uh, and this year they came out with the rankings for the top podcasts and the top uh, Twitter handles. And we were number two podcast. We do one called Horns Up uh, for the Highlanders, but we were number one Twitter out of the entire state out of 1,088 schools. We were number one. So small little St. Andrews, uh, what would be equivalent to a 1A, 2A in, in Florida. That was really special to me uh, because uh, we work really hard at that. Uh, the second thing that we do is I like to be an out-of-the-box thinker. So we do event marketing. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have you have your rivalry games and you have your Friday night lights and you have all that stuff. And that's great. And that's going to draw. And that's that's an easy draw, especially your rivals. But we do these things called pack the house events. Uh, I stole the name from the Galloway School in Atlanta, uh, but subsequently and now years later, the Galloway School no longer does it. So I just say it's mine now. Um, and what we do is we do different events. So we'll do a dig pink night and we'll do uh, this, this year, we have a press box that's a double-sided press box with two fields side by side. We were going to have a rock band concert for one of our boys and girls lacrosse games with a Jimi Hendrix-style national anthem. And we do Diamond Day for baseball. Where we do old-school baseball, and the kids get awards, and pups at the pitch where people bring their dogs to the soccer field. So we do some really cool out-of-the-box thinking, and we target it to games that you know, may or may not get in attendance. But because we, we the way that we like to sell it or the way that I like to sell personally is um, – you went to a party and a soccer game broke out. And that's kind of our, our, our mantra. It's kind of, it's a fun, loose community and let, let's go with that. And that wouldn't work everywhere in Texas, but it certainly works in Austin. Yeah, I've seen your um, pack the house um, tweets and, uh, and on LinkedIn. That's, that's very ironic, or maybe it was meant to be um, that you got that from the Galloway School. Um, I just got done working with their new AD, Keisha Brown. Uh, she got her CMAA. Uh, and, and she's probably going to be joining us on the national faculty. With your permission, I'm going to share that story that, uh, you know, hey, now that, you know, Keisha, now that you're the AD, you might want to resurrect this great idea that actually started at Galloway. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Tell her thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, what goes around comes around, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's go and jump into COVID. Uh, we've been talking to athletic directors across the country. And uh, we've seen a variety of responses. You know, we've seen some states that it's business as usual. You know, no changes, no adjustments, no delays. You know, we're playing. Uh, we've seen some states that have canceled sports. Uh, we've seen states that have moved the sports around to different seasons. Uh, even in Florida, um, you know, we delayed for a month and then jumped into fall sports. But we've seen within that a variety of uh, responses. So my question is, uh, what's happening in Texas, what's happening, you know, in Austin, what's happening, you know, with your school as far as uh, return to play as well as return to school academically? Well, uh, I'll, I'll start with the latter part, the return to school. We are a K through 12 school on two different campuses. And so we started uh, three weeks ago with the K through five, then we did six through eight. So lower school, middle school, Tomorrow is the first day for the high school, which is oh, where wow. I spend the majority of my time. Uh, so uh, I think we're ready. We, we are certainly one of the later schools to go back, uh, if not the latest school in Austin, um, uh, at least in, in our wheelhouse anyway. There may be other ones that I don't know of. Uh, as far as sports go, we started virtual practices uh, August 
third, fourth, whatever the day was. Um, and actually, we are back in action. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to hopefully schedule some games here. Uh, not going to be a ton of games, but scheduling some events as well. Um, and uh, it, it's been a challenge, but, but I think it's made people, I think, you know, realize how great sports are. And, you know, the little things that you get upset about on a normal basis, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just be able to play together uh, is awesome. So it's, it's, it's been a challenge. We've had some interesting things come out of it, some things we've learned, some things actually now that we'll probably do different moving forward. You know, once COVID is, you know, knock on wood, behind us. Um, and it's, it's been really interesting. So um, our, the, the, the situation that we have, Jake, which is a little bit different. So Austin, you know, I, I made a joke early on in this that I'm, you know, being in an Episcopal school, uh, that I'm pretty sure in the Bible, it says that the apocalypse happens if Friday Night Lights in Texas doesn't take place. So uh, football is, is very, very important. Not that it is in other sports, but it's certainly that Friday Night Lights stigma is very true. I'm speaking to a football guy as well, so I'm sure you know that through and through. Uh, so this, the city of Austin is playing. Uh, we, St. Andrews, is in a conference that is across the state of Texas. So it's in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Austin and one in Oklahoma. So what might be good in the Houston area isn't good in the Dallas area. So it's, we have, we're not having any league contests that counts. We're not having any tournaments or anything like that. So it's really just every school govern yourselves accordingly, uh, which is a little different than the public school leagues and the TAPS, which is the other private school that is much bigger conglomerate. Um, but yeah, there's games going on, you know, limited capacity, been to a few college football games already in Texas. It's, it's business as usual, just um, more ample parking than there would have been normally, I think. What, um, what's your feeling from, say, your parents, your fans, your stakeholders at St. Andrews as far as moving forward? Is it, you know, excitement? Is it confidence? Is it trepidation? Uh, you know, what's the vibe? I think it's all that. You know, I think it depends on who you talk to. What majority of uh, people are, are ready to rock and roll and, and get back to it. Uh, what that looks like and, you know, spectators, that, that stuff's still being worked out. Uh, there's obviously the medical component of it, but no, people are really excited. At, you know, people, I got an email from a parent the other day saying, thank you so much for getting us back to some a somewhat normal lifestyle or so, something to that effect. So I think people are, A, just excited that. I think people are, they've been with their kids since March and they're excited to let them, let them get some social aspect and maybe the parents get some social aspect. So I think it's a win-win situation. But, it, you know, it's frightening like everything else, but um, you know, it's like I tell our headmaster, Sean, as I mentioned, we're closer today than we were March 13th, you know, to, to getting back to normalcy. So I try and I try and see the positive of it as I can. But I would say that majority of people, Jake, are really are subscribing to that theory that, you know, we're just excited to, to have something that resembles normalcy. Oh, absolutely. And that's true all around. You know, the, the parents are glad to get the kids out. The kids are glad to get out of the house. So uh, uh, all the best moving forward. Hope it continues to go well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another question we've been asking our athletic directors revolves around this idea of, um, you know, social issues, social awareness. Um, you know, last spring, in addition to COVID, you know, we had, you know, the, the tragic events in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Atlanta, you know, just, you know, a month or so ago, the same thing in Wisconsin. So my question is this, um, as an athletic director, what are some things that we can do better uh, in this area, you know, better with our kids, better with our coaches, uh, better with our communities? I think that in, in a lot of situations, and I'm, I'm not making a blanket statement for everyone, but in a lot of situations, you hear the saying, well, this is the way we've always done it, which is a very scary term to me. I, I don't like that term. You know, I think the times are changing, regardless of what you just said, irrelevant of that, coupled with that, it's even tougher. 
Um, but I think that we have found a way that uh, it's not perfect to empower the teams to come up with their own out-of-box ideas. So it gets them to engage together um, and then working on a common goal. So that, that pack the house event is perfect because we let every team pick what they want to do within reason, obviously, um, you know, and, and we'll financially support it. And it's something that they take ownership of and they've done it as a group. And I think that that coupled with, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, people just being happy to be together. Uh, it's showing that sports really, you know, when, when you get down to it in a sports game, politics don't really matter. Race doesn't matter. Color jersey doesn't matter. I mean, it's just about being together and having that camaraderie of the team. And so I think in many ways, Jake, I think that we're doing a good job already with sports being a microcosm. What's going on is it, it, it's happy times. Everyone hates to lose, obviously. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, nobody is dying. Nobody is, you know, getting severely injured. It's 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 fun and it's togetherness. And you can just forget about everything else that's going on in the world. And I know we as coaches said all the time, forget about the noise, leave the noise outside. But really now it's leave the noise outside. And I may not agree with the person next to me and they may not agree with the person next to me, but we're both in this together and we're cheering on our son or daughter or what have you. And um, again, I think sports has been a vehicle. And again, when you throw in the, the pack the house events and some non-traditional ideas, it gets away from the stigma of this is the way we've always done it. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I just think, uh, I, again, the, the obvious is kids come to sports, you know, to have fun. Okay, so, you know, let's let's make sure we're keeping it fun. Um, talking about that, um, I always ask our ADs, what's your favorite part of the job? And, you know, the first 20 or so episodes, it was always the kids. And it should be, you know, the kids. If you're not in it for the kids, you're in the wrong business. But beyond that, okay, what are some of the things about working at St. Andrew's Episcopal that, what gets you excited about coming to work each day? Um, there's actually a lot of things and, and, and that, that's, you know, I always like to have more than less. Uh, but I think the biggest things for me, the thing that my wife asked me this question recently too, you know, what, what do you, what, what do you really enjoy? What's your favorite thing? And it's going to sound really a little bit different maybe, but I love doing the clock for sports. And I'll tell you why. The reason I love doing that, and I'll use field hockey just as an example, because that's usually the first sport that we start with every year for whatever reason, that's the first event. Um, we put so much time and effort into, into, you know, schedules and buses and referees and all the nitty gritty stuff that no one really knows about unless it goes wrong, then everyone knows about it. Um, and so when I get to do a field hockey clock, first off, it's, it's easy because it's running clocks. I don't really have to pay attention to the clock. But second off, it's everything that we've worked for to make fun for the kids is at its purest form is just the game. And I love hearing the sounds. I love hearing the coaches. I love hearing the laughter of the kids together. I love hearing the frustration, not in a bad way, you know, that, that you know, they missed a shot. That to me is like the ultimate just Zen moment for me. When every single thing we've done behind the scenes is all put into play, everyone showed up, the water's there, the refs are there. And I can, it's one of the few times I can actually relax um, until I get yelled at from forgetting to stop the clock. But up until that point, uh, it's been good. The, the second thing specific to St. Andrews is, is that the, the Southwest Preparatory Conference, which is what I mentioned earlier, uh, when I'm gonna assume this, Jake, but when, when you were in high school and I was in high school, uh, you know, if you wanna, let's say we're playing basketball for argument's sake. If you won on Tuesday in the playoffs, well then Thursday you play the next round and Saturday you play, you know, much like Florida, the way it is, right? At SPC, we have a season ending jamboree. And it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three times a year. And all the heads agree on it. And it's, you know, it's known, it's on the calendar. And it is so much fun to be away from school. And it's usually, it's usually held in Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. They rotate. And Austin will host a couple of things here and there. 
and to be around your compadres and you know you're competing but you're really not i mean you're, you're everyone's having fun and everyone plays so it's you know it's not a you're not a one and done it's there's a left side of the bracket and the right side that is so much fun to be there and again all that work on a larger scale uh the hotels the buses the meals that is awesome because to see the kids together in that jamboree setting it doesn't happen often and especially that it's not a one and done like the ncas are that to me is another zen moment that i look forward to um, and there's a lot of good stories that come out of it too, and a lot of laughs. So that that uh, and then the next time we laugh about the last time we were there. So it's it, it's a great situation that we have down here. I can so relate to that. I'm so glad you shared that story. Um, you know, we would do, and we did it at Palmer for a few years, uh, a boys and girls uh, basketball tournament. Uh, eight teams, eight boys, eight girls. Um, there's three. Uh, you play three games. So. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, we first games at nine, last game starts at eight. I mean, it's three days and you are all in and it, all the other people that you mentioned that make an event work, you know, the officials, the trainer, the, the people at the scoreboard, unless they don't show up and now you're running the clock. Uh, it is that I think that's, you know, the microcosm of what we do across the year, across the board. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. Um, Josh, this has just been a great, uh, you know, reconnecting. It's been uh, a few years, but uh, we're not quite done. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what I call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you are uh, an experienced athletic director. You've had some great success, but I'm tasking you right now with sending out a brand new AD on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Josh Blumenthal's athletic director toolbox? This is a brand new AD, day one of the job? Yes, sir. <laughs> ticket to the Bahamas with no cell phone service. That's what I'm going to leave you. Um, one no, way ticket. <laughs> I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you um, three things, and I'm going to do it in order what I think is, is uh, least important to most important. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little sell, sell the sizzle here. I think communication slash organization is a huge component. Parents are busy. Uh, you know, a lot of them are doctors and lawyers and teachers and, and, and schedules for them change. And they're, you know, usually don't just have one child. So um, being ahead of the curve, I found that parents um, don't mind if things change as long as they know what's going on and, and you accurately are letting them know because they're busy. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you got to change five different places. And it's always the one that you forget to change at the last second. But nonetheless, communication organization so that they can follow along and they can also get excited too. I think that that's, that's number one or number three, I should say. Number two, flexibility. I mean, that is the name of the game. Um, athletics oftentimes has a stigma of being on an island and uh, by other constituents in the school. And so I think um, the athletic director needs to know the other schedules going on in the school more than anybody else to be able to, you know, the, the, the COVID word is pivot. Everyone says pivot now, uh, you know, to be able to pivot uh, but to have flexibility, things are going to come up, weather's going to happen, refs aren't going to show, you just mentioned the scoreboard operator doesn't show, you got to be flexible. And uh, I always get nervous when things are working too too well. I'm like, uh-oh, so, so, so I missed, I forgot something. Um, but the last thing, and this is something that, is, that has helped me in every single aspect of my life and career thus far, is uh, levity. Uh, sense of humor is so important because um, there's, you know, we, we probably could stay on this, Jake, for hours just telling war stories of stuff that's happened to us and we've seen happen and uh, some, some might we might cry about, but most of them will laugh about. Um, and, and you think about it, you're with the, the trainers and the, the, you know, the athletes and the coaches more than your family. And so they, they become an extension of your family. And so 
having a good camaraderie with them and being able to roll with the punches and laugh is, is just paramount because if you take everything seriously, you're going to burn out real quickly. And so um, I probably laugh too much to a fault, but if that's the worst thing about me, then at least that's what I think anyway, uh, then I think that's a good thing. So those are my three in order of uh, least important to most important. Oh, I, I think they're all important. And uh, I, I can't uh, agree with you more about the, the levity part. Uh, you know, you, you got to be able to have fun. Sometimes, you know, uh, you, know you, you got to laugh to keep from crying, but uh, <laughs> appreciate you sharing all that. Josh, thank you so much again for, uh, for being a guest. I know you've got a crazy busy schedule, but uh, we appreciate you sharing your wisdom. I appreciate it. And uh, best to you and your family and hope all is uh, on the up and up in Tallahassee these days. Uh, life is good, my friend. To our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget, these episodes are also available on the Educational AD YouTube channel. Uh, go to YouTube and look for FIAAA Educate Athletic Director. Thanks again.